Yo, 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 you listen to Canna Vive, your favorite 420 podcast. Man, I'm just high as fuck. Oh my god, guys. Episode three out of four. Four nights in a row. So this is episode three, and it is a true honor to have this guest today. Been knowing this guy since the Sandlot. Yep. Uh, just came back not so long ago from Navy. So introducing my boy, Vince. Yo, yo. And always, my co-host, Brandon. Yo, what's good? What's up, Vince? What's up, Brandon? What's good? What's good? And living life. Um, so, like, you know what I'm saying, man? I met him all the way back in, like, grade school. We go way back. Oh, shit. Yeah, Some bro. Shorties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah, it was... We, was when we first met at, like, Monroe and stuff, man. I went there in the fifth grade. So y'all were building castles in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah, bro, we we played we played softball together, bro. We were in the same softball team too. Oh, for real? You played softball? I didn't know that shit. <laughs> Man, that's what's up, dog. Was doing band and stuff together too. Remember, Mister Enley, bro? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, band too. The more you know. <laughs> but uh, yes, once I I noticed that uh, you were going to the Navy, bro. I was mm. I was you know I was like, damn, you know, like dog, you know. When 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 somebody goes, I think I give them credit, bro, because like not everybody's gonna sign up, you know. Yeah, it wasn't easy, man. It definitely wasn't easy. Like I'm not gonna lie, you know. Of course, they hype it up in a recruiter's office, but I knew like ultimately it was gonna be a big time that I was getting ready to sacrifice um, away from my families, away from my loved ones, away from the homies, even you know, and especially away from the shit I like doing, you know, losing a lot of freedoms. But I knew what I was doing when I signed up, you know, just trying to use it as a uh, use the military as like a financial stepping stool. I don't know if you want to say this, but like, uh, why? Why you joined the Navy, bro? Out of all of them, like, why the Navy? Uh, so that's that's a good question. So the Navy out of all of them is simply because in my mind at the time, I thought like, OK, if I'm going to go in the military, you know, the Navy is one of the least dangerous things. You don't hear about a lot of things happening out of the sea because I was that's what I was thinking at the time that it like I'm not going to have nobody shooting at me or be involved in direct combat because like I wanted to be in the military, but I also didn't want to get shot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's not a lot of shit going on in the sea, I bet. Huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> oh, you gotta tell us. yeah, <laughs> man, you gotta, you gotta see now you gotta spill the beans, bro. Man, just being on the ship, bro, they make it seem like they put all these trillions of dollars into it. Oh, it's the finest, most sophisticated uh, warships out there. Everything's super advanced. You get on there, man, you, it's a floating death trap. You got pipes and pistons everywhere. Let somebody make a mistake in like the pressuring or something that's going on in that pipe. Anybody who's near it is, is fucked. And these pipes go from end to end, from the top deck all the way to the bottom one pipe that long and all it takes is one person to fuck it up anybody near that pipe at any point of the ship dead Damn. all you take is one rusty boat something one thing going wrong people just immediately over with have you, you, have you ever have you ever uh experienced like a near-death experience with that like with somebody messing up hell yeah and, yeah and, and so, how how was that I'll, I'll put it like this man this shit was like early in the morning i had to get up at six and when it happened, I was tired as fuck. But afterwards, it was like I had just had three coffees, man. I was heart pounding. I was awake. I'll tell you that much. So what I did when I was in the Navy is I worked on the flight deck of an 
aircraft carrier. And that involves is even in our downtime when we're, we're docked and the aircraft aren't on the ship, we test the equipment to make sure that they can launch and land properly, right? So all these aircraft to stop a jet that has engines on, they all have a hook on the back to catch wires on the flight deck. Um, these wires are supposed to have like a certain amount of PSI, certain amount of range they can extend and how fast they can go and all that. So we use these tractors to pull them, test them, make sure they extend the retract because last thing you need is an aircraft crashing on a flight deck. And one day we're up there doing it. Everything's going business as usual. And we're pulling out the cables. Mind you, these aren't just like little metal wires. They're like steel coils wrapped around each other to, to form like a big ass cable rope out of fucking metal. And it's at least the size of like, man, I don't even know what to compare it to. Like a, a small, a small like bowl that you eat out of and just in width. And so they're pulling it back and somebody fucks up just below the flight deck with the engines that operate it. And it yanks back five times faster than it should. So metal cable is flying, whipping back across the flight deck. It almost hits me and it bounces off another wire and it almost takes off one of my homie's heads. Like he had a good two, three inches that saved his life, man. His head would have been on the flight deck. Some scary ass shit. That's just your day to day, man. You got to wake up and you never know what day is going to be the day. Some shit just happens to go wrong. Yeah, you got to be on point, I guess. Yeah, every little detail, man, you got to pay attention to it all. Otherwise, that could be it. Let one hey. thing slide and who knows, yep. man. Stay woke 24-7. Pretty much. Stay woke. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, you always have to be ready for anything. It's funny that you say stay woke 24-7 because out there, um, you got duty days or mm. duty sections right and so that's pretty much when something goes down is on you and your group to handle it so those days where we've been in port we've had electrical fires in the reactor compartment the aircraft carrier is powered by a nuclear reactor we had electrical fires down there because that shit doesn't get handled properly sometimes shit when we were out to sea we've had compartments just straight up start flooding Damn. Yeah, man, you had to so, send so, so we, like you were saying, and when you're doing that type of duty, so mm-hmm. you, you're responsible for fixing that, right? Yeah. So like for that fire, you you had to put that fire down, and like for that flood, you had to put you had to do something for it to not flood no more. Yep. You get all that training in boot camp, but yeah, you get trained on all the different classifications that a fire that can happen on the aircraft carrier what to do in each situation, which type of extinguisher or way to extinguish it would work best with the equipment and the type of fire that it is. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like, the motherfuckers think of fires, you know, it was just like shit burning. But mm-hmm. with all the precious metals and different kind of flammable materials we use on the ship, a simple fire could spell disaster. Shit, if a fire happened, you know, it could happen next to the hangar bay. A uh, plane catches fire, that's, that's fucking everybody in the hangar bay is going to be dealing with problems for the rest of their life because the planes have microfibers in them. And when that catches fire, it gets into the air and you're breathing in tiny shards of metal and it gets embedded in your lungs. Damn. No matter what, you got to know how to put out any fire, any situation, no matter time of day or night. And if you're part of that group and something happens and you don't hear about it, they're going to come wake you up and get you ready. Mm-hmm. I walked into boot camp. I was a little pudgy. I walked out. I had like, I was solid. 
How about Because I, I could imagine physically. mentally, physically. Yeah, man. Like anytime somebody felt it, don't even got to be you. They're like, because mm. you're supposed to work as a team oh, yeah, at any given point in the day. So if somebody right. fucked up, they could be like, all right, everybody in front of your racks right now. We about to do eight counts, about to do all sorts of push-ups, planks. They they have a card. They literally have a card that the the RDCs, the recruit division commanders, mm-hmm. they all have a card they carry in their pocket. They pull it out. It's got a list of punishments, one through ten physical punishments. Um, if you really fucked up, they'll make you get through all ten. And that shit is awful, bro. That shit is grueling. Like you have a a mandatory amount of water that you're supposed to have in you at all times because these uh, exercises are so grueling they can literally disintegrate your muscle fibers and give you rhabdomyosis and the best way to combat that is by being overhydrated because they'll just mm. fuck you up anytime anywhere you walking outside you fucking up get down you mopping you're doing something wrong get down it's over with have you done any of the punishments have i done any i done shit I did most of them. <laughs> Damn. Which one has eight, been like the most like painful one then? Eight counts easily. Eight counts is a combination of several workouts into one like piston like motion almost. You start out, it's a jumping jack that goes down into a squat that extends into a mountain climber that turns into a plank that turns into push ups that reverses into, um, Fuck, I forget the name of the exercise, but it's basically, oh, it's like a star, uh, it reverses into a star jump, and then you start it all over. And you have to, the, wor- the worst part is, you have to keep in time with the rhythm they set for you, because each one, they, they number it. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And if you don't keep up with how fast they're saying it, you start that shit over, or they make you do it even more. Damn. <laughs> Fuck that, yeah. bro. And, Damn, and it's wow. not like it's not like they were being like considerate, like, oh, I'm gonna say it slow. I see y'all getting sweaty. They look at you, they see you fucking up to be, oh, hold on, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Come on, faster. Like they get <laughs> in your face. Yes, man. Yes. Bro, that shit. Dude, like Damn. like the worst exercise for me was probably doing burpees in high school. <laughs> burpees, bro. <laughs> even, even though burpees were, were decent, but like at a few times, bro, like, yeah, like, come, we got to stop that. <laughs> but damn, like, whoever's listening just got to fucking, and want to lose weight, just got a whole fucking workout yeah. plan. Man, oh, do yeah, that bro. shit. Over and over, man. <laughs> do that, have, yeah. Have somebody else say the count to eight for you, man. Do that shit. You're going to be sweating by the time you do it three times, man. You going to stop. But shit, yeah, man. There was, there was beating our ass physically in boot camp, mentally. They was giving us classes on all sorts of crazy shit, man. Like, mm. um, Cybersecurity because like let let somebody find out that let the wrong person find out that you're in the navy and you're financially vulnerable, you become a potential targeted asset for another country to to abuse you basically. Mm-hmm. It was actually just in the news recently that there was this couple who got caught up by the FBI and a sting operation fucking trying to give away secret information and PB and jelly sandwiches and sticks of gums and shit. Oh shit. Like they really, your security clearance is partially based mm-hmm. off of your credit score and financial records. Because when you like, when you bad with money, other countries look at that and be like, hey, we can, if he's in a, a decent position, we can use him. We can be like, hey, we'll give you so-and-so. We'll pay off your debts and shit. So we had classes about that shit. We had classes on every single aircraft that lands on our ships. 
we had classes on what to do if uh, fucking we get boarded by the enemies and, you know, how we're going to take them out, which leads into the gun range, which was my favorite fucking part. That shit's sweet. You know, it's empty, of course, but you get in there into the training place. They give you your own mm -hmm. gun that you're about to work with. Have you disassemble, reassemble it, know every piece and know what order it goes in. Quick question. Um, Is it hard yeah. to learn how to take out everything and put it back together on a gun? Not really. If you do it like three times, it's it's pretty simple. Like it's really just about muscle memory. All you really gotta do is, and I don't remember the exact terms, but it's um it's either gonna be a switch or a button on the front side of a barrel. Or once you flick that, it basically sets the gun up to be taken apart. And it's only so many pieces in a gun. So it gets like loose, sort of. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. After that, man, they take you to the mock firing range where they give you these like I don't want to say they're laser guns because that's gonna give you the wrong idea. <laughs> but it was basically <laughs> I don't give the wrong idea. It's not laser guns like these motherfuckers were shooting beams of lasers. They <laughs> had they got the guns. halo guns. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking the covenant type shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um they had these guns that they would like pump with carbon to simulate the the recoil and they would have this little um like basically a burst of energy and they had a bullseye board that would detect where that energy hit on the thing mm -hmm. to determine your accuracy you know what i'm saying and so there was that was a little mock firing but once we got to the real one that shit was nice they briefed us on how it was going to be how if we uh because we was using live ammunition so they told us like hey there's a certain line there's a boundary behind you if you turn left you turn right someone's gonna say hey he's breaking blue then they're gonna tackle your ass or if you <laughs> if you do some crazy shit they might just fuck around and shoot you on the spot. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, they tell He's you that a... right before you get in there. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, they let you know because shit, let you fuck around. This is all, you got a full clip. Mm -hmm. They don't give you one bullet for the firing. You get a full clip. You get multiple clips, as a matter of fact. So you got, if you, if you make mm -hmm. the turn, you got everything you need. So they gonna fuck you up if they see you not moving right. But when you get in there, that shit is nice. They got somebody standing next to you, feeding you ammo. They're going to give you a target, tell you to shoot how many times, at what distance. And that shit is nice. That shit is absolutely nice. Sounds dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah. It was the only part that was a downside is when I got out of it, they were like, yeah, you were supposed to be training with uh, rifles and shotguns too, but because of COVID, we can't let y'all use the full materials. Oh, wow. And I was like, y'all motherfuckers, you could have not told me that. And I would have been just fine. Y'all got me shooting ray guns over here. <laughs> right, ready for that zombie cop list. And I, was shit. About, I was just about to say that shit. Do you miss like being over there, bro? Like in in the middle of nowhere, but just water surrounding you. Yeah, you know, I in that aspect, I do miss it. I don't miss being away from the people I love. I don't miss the work that I had mm. to do there. I don't even miss the ship itself. But there is just something else about going out there on the side of the ship at night. There's not a cloud in the sky. You can see the stars and the moon is reflecting. Right. That shit is different. And I'm telling you, there's pitch black, man. Like, you can read that shit or you can hear somebody say it. But until you're out on the ocean and there's no other light but the moon, or if there's no moon, there's no light, period, you don't understand what pitch black means. So you've seen pitch black, man. It's it's different. I seen the pictures uh, you showed me when you came back. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you showed me, and, and yeah, it it looks it's pretty mm. black. <laughs> yeah, it is real, pretty man. black. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like if there's no light out there, it it doesn't exist to your eyes, pretty much. It's like a black background. Exactly. 
But did you make like friends there? Like friendships? Yeah. Do you miss Hell that? Yeah. You you have to like mm-hmm. if you're not making friends there, it's, it's some it's got to be something wrong with you because you one thing that makes you really mm-hmm. move well in the navy is having connections, and it's impossible like because you can't get shit done unless you know somebody. I promise you, it's gonna be a proper procedure to do everything, but the proper procedure gonna have you waiting for shit to get done for weeks. If you know somebody, you gonna get you gonna be the top priority. You gonna be getting free shit in the ship store. You gonna be getting the best food in the galley. You're going to get supplies as soon as your work's going to need it. All you have to do is know somebody. So, yeah, you got to – I made plenty of connections there, but that's like a requirement. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it is like a teamwork shit. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like I – was, I was just about to say that too. Like, it's like teamwork. It's almost like what you – that's the one thing that you learn in boot camp that I actually mm-hmm. – <laughs> besides the firefighting and all that shit, it, that kind of really applies um, to how life is on the ship. Especially because, um, you know, you don't have like your own real privacy. You don't have a, a personal place to sleep that like at all times when you're sleeping, man, they call them coffin racks. You got the space of like maybe a foot upwards and a foot to the side. It's like a tiny twin size bed and a metal, but basically like in a metal shelf pretty much. And they go in stacks of three to stacks of six and people just line up bottom to top and sleep in them every day. And you keep all your stuff underneath it. Yeah, I could imagine. Very uncomfortable, huh? Yeah, at first, at first, well, at first it is. But that's something boot camp gets you used to, too, because the mm-hmm. beds you get, get over there, man, I've slept on rocks that are sloths in those beds. So, <laughs> yeah, you get you get used to it in boot camp. Then when you get to the ship, you're like, oh, okay. One thing I do miss, though, it's nothing like uh, a sea storm because it makes the ship rock you to sleep. I've never fallen asleep fast as fuck oh, like, that, like that I have out there, man. <laughs> Not even melatonin will put you out like that. Did you get seasick, um, seasick by any chance? No, first? I didn't, no. but I knew people who did. The ship the ship was fucking rocking, man. That shit was crazy. Like, you'll be walking down the uh, the P-Ways, and... What are P-Ways? Be vi- oh, my bad, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's uh, passageways. <laughs> I still speak with some of that terminology. Um, <laughs> the cut, no? Oh, what you would call it? The hallways. When you would be out there in the sea storms, you'd be chilling, and all of a sudden the room turns sideways. Like you'll be walking down the hallway, and the floors and walls starts your feet. You start to have to put one foot on both. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, man, it's fucking crazy, but it's pretty fun, at least in my experience. Wait, I about that one more time. Put your feet on both what? Both like the floor and the wall, like the room is rotated uh, to the point of which like you're not standing on the floor anymore. The room is rotated to like you're partially oh, on the wall. Oh shit! That trippy shit. Walking <laughs> <laughs> um, down the what you call it, P-way? What was it? Mm-hmm. Walking down yeah, P-way so, with your coffee and shit. Yeah. Stay on the. We walking down the P-way now. with the coffee. That's a that's another thing too, man. They're mad thin, like two people mm-hmm. at a time and if two people walk through at the same time you both got to hold the wall so it's not like you got a lot of space there either mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then i know uh, you you wanted to mention before we started about the transition of getting out bro what's that about what's the transition like is unnecessarily tedious man it's like you wind up doing more work than you should really have to the whole system itself seems like kind of halfway thought through you need so much paperwork to get out. And then when you finally get it, they keep telling you how important it is only to find out that they didn't really need all the paperwork they gave you when you get there. And you go, you get processed. 
you know, you go make your disability claims, you do what you need to do for when you are getting out. And they're supposed to set you up with an account, register you, then they set you up with a checkup just to get all your stuff checked out. It's supposed to take not not super long, but in actuality, what happens is information gets lost in between the Veterans Association and the military, and they wind up having to keep backtracking over and over to even get a response. And just to ask them collecting the information from the military to get you your benefits takes at least a month and a half just because of how poorly the system is handled. And by the time you finally do get registered for a medical appointment, you know, if you did have something serious that needed to be immediately like seen, you know, soon after getting out, you would have been fucked with with how long you have to wait. And then you still don't even, you don't even get your uh, disability card even after they verify all your disabilities. They still have to jump through more hoops. So for how long you been waiting right now? Man, I started the process on August 25th when I got out of the military. And to this day, I am not done. Damn. Wow, that's crazy, bro. And yeah. have you, like, tried to keep in contact with them and try to see if they can speed it up? I've called them previously. There's nothing they can do in terms of how fast it goes. It's just the system they're dealing with. And, you know, I've gotten through the process of actually getting my shit checked out. But even after getting my shit checked out up until now, you know, I still haven't heard anything back. The only thing I got from them thus far was a travel reimbursement check for $7.86. Only $7? Yes. I tell you what, what? it didn't take take $7 to get out there. It took a lot more than that. That's (laughs) fucking sad. Yeah, what the bro, fuck? That's bogus. Fuck bro, them, I bro. I was, I was hyped. I was like, oh, I'm finally getting my disability check. Okay. It said $7. Like, bro, it costs more to make the fucking check than to give me the $7 like that. That's fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> the staff yeah, costs more. It's like, <laughs> damn, bro. Like, all the shit you, you've been dealing with and the sacrifices <laughs> and they, all they gave you was just $7. <laughs> For real, like, shit is fucking ridiculous, man. It's, it's, it's a crazy process. Uh, bro, but hopefully you get your shit, man, soon. Hey, fingers crossed. Hopefully they call me tomorrow. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Get the shit. Get the shit, bro. Yeah. Get that burger. <laughs> get that burger, bro. Yeah, get that burger. Yeah. It's a fucking, uh, the burger is like a, like a joke me and fucking Tino came up with yesterday. Mm. Oh, it's <laughs> like fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're was it yesterday or was it? Thursday? No, it was like literally like thing like two days ago when we were two recording the first episode of the new year. We had to take like three takes, bro, because I was like low-key kind of tripping, bro. He <laughs> was, bro. I was like, bro, you high as hell. Hey shit, it'd be like that, but hey, at least he was honest about it though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so you know, like like make it our year. So it's like take that burger. Take that burger. You gonna take, <laughs> take that burger. Yeah, you gonna take you that burger. Burgers, the new bread. Oh yeah, yeah. That's bread with the whole sandwich complete. Everything. Yup. Double bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> with some French fries on the side. <laughs> no ketchup. No ketchup. Hell yeah, no ketchup, bro. Fuck ketchup. <laughs> hey, bro, I do gotta ask. Did you see some like crazy shit on you know out at seed? No, I didn't see too much but i did actually record something that was like suspect to me and actually send i could send it to you chino so you could take a look at it but it's like i was recording a sea storm and it was a flash of lightning that came that looked like it came with a little bit more than just your average everyday lightning 
Let's see if I can find the video real quick. Yeah, you know, the sentiments never see that shit. Yeah, let me know what you think when you get it. Hell yeah. What was like your reaction? I was just in the media moment. I was just like, oh shit. Yeah, I was just going around just asking people like, hey yo, y'all saw that shit? What was that? Nobody had any answers for me though. Damn. Yeah, go ahead, check that shit out. All right. I'm going to check it out. And then, Brendan, I'm going to send it to you. For sure. I need to see that. All right, guys. So let's low-key look at this video. Um, So for the people who's listening to this, we're, we're going to see if we could post it. I'm going to post it on the episode for YouTube. I'll, okay. I'll include it in the video. And then uh, I'll see if I could post it as a preview uh, before we even release this episode. So right now, we're going to look at it, and we're going to describe what it is, and we're going to give you guys our thoughts. Okay, so I seen it. I just finished watching it. Okay, so what we see here is, well, actually, Vince, you want to tell us what, what you recorded? All right, so here I am uh, at the front of my ship in the middle of a sea storm. And, you know, I was just trying to get a simple recording of the lightning flashing, you know, because it looks pretty decent out to see, especially when you get, like, that black contrast in the background. Uh, but what I wound up catching was this streak of light that I couldn't explain that came and went with the lightning. It was that, as you can see in the video, there's a red globe just before the lightning flashes. And with the flash, a clear red streak goes through the sky and then fizzles out with the lightning. Yeah, yeah and and like uh, and I do see it and I see it like it, it does curve. It looks like it's curving or like it's spinning. Yeah, like when it, it flickers and when, when the lightning fades out, you can kind of see like um, with along the ring toward the middle part. It looks like there's a spherical shape in there too. Like yeah, like, you can see when the lights flicker. Like it's behind something. Right. I don't know, it, man. What I feel like I don't even know based off of what I'm looking at was if the sea storm was even just a regular sea storm or if it was related to what I was looking at in the video. But when I asked around the ship, nobody, you know, had any answers for me. And that's if they had seen it at all. You know what I'm saying? Quick question. Where were you? Where was the ship at? What part of the world? So this was actually off the East Coast, man. We were like maybe 700 miles off uh, the shore of Virginia. Oh, sure. So this is like, this is off East Coast U.S. waters. Yeah. It takes a second for the ship to get out there. Um, we, this was during one of our like little trainings that we do out to sea. And we do them from what spans to like two weeks up to like a month and a half. And it takes a second, you know, we go out there, we go pretty far out there, like 700, we weren't even all the way out as far as we were to be. But then, you know, we just go up and down the coast and come back when we do the trainings. What side of the ocean were you? Was that the... That's the, uh, that's the Atlantic right there. And then like yeah. the streak leaves like a white trace. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, when you see it like fading out. Yeah. Man, I, I really wish I knew what that was, especially since like... Can you imagine the sky is just all black, a thunderstorm rolls in, and that's what you see in the fucking thunderstorm, bro? I was like, what the fuck? I'm so glad I recorded this, man. Like, and if, if I had tried to tell people about this shit, they'd be like, oh, this man, dude, crazy. Nah, <laughs> you recorded no something, bro. You you recorded something, bro. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that's a flare either. No, hell no. That's definitely not a flare. That's where we shot the flare had to be on the fucking jet or something. Because <laughs> this is hor like horizontal. Yeah, exactly. Yo, you know what? It's like looking at because now that you mentioned that it's horizontal, I'm looking at how far it is. Like this thing is like in the clouds, in the clouds. Like this thing is yeah. up there, whatever it is. And whatever is behind it is in the clouds too. 
Mm-hmm. And that dude, the thing those is, lines are really straight. So yeah, it can't be the cloud because it was a cloud be like kind of like no, like bumpy and yeah, yeah. The lines are they're they're polished, man. That's like angles. Yeah, yeah. Well, this shit crazy, bro. But the thing mm-hmm. is, like, it could have been worse, bro. You could have you could have seen something worse than just a <laughs> light, you know? Yeah. Shit, if that was directly over my ship, that'll be a this guy said. This guy said a demon. Hey man, let me tell you something. These ships, bro, people dying them, but their spirits don't leave, bro. People motherfuckers be seeing shit on the ship. Shit. It was one night. I need access to a ship ASAP. Have you (laughs) have you seen shit, bro? Have you seen shit? One night, I'm just about to tell you, man. Out to sea. I don't remember which time it was, but it's out to sea, late as fuck. I'm coming off. Um the end of my shift and shit. So it was something already said. All the, the lights were on the ship. I'm walking back. I'm getting towards my area. And I got like a bag on me. You know, so I'm carrying some shit back from the work for, uh, workspace. And it feels like someone grabbed me and yanked my shit back. And I was like, what the fuck? I turn around. I'm like, hey, yo. And there's nobody there, bro. Mm-hmm. MPP way from end to end is just me by myself. But someone definitely. Like, you know the feeling of when you're walking and somebody pulls you back and all your momentum catches you and then you fly back with it. Yeah. It was that feeling. And I was like, what the fuck? Cause you know, that, that, that's, that takes the, the someone applying a force to you to move your body. Mm-hmm. And so for me to turn around and see nobody there, that shit is, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was sitting there shook. I was like, what the fuck? Damn, spooky shit. Yeah, man. Like these ships, my ship, the one I was made, uh, the one I was on was made in the '90s. So you got to think that's like that's a lot of time for you know some shit to happen to somebody. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, a couple bodies. Shit, man, more than a couple. And when you, <laughs> when, you <laughs> when you die out to sea, it's not like okay, you die, let's fly his body back. No, they stick you. They store the you there freezers. sometimes. And no, they stick you in the freezers in the ship. And you stay there in the freezer until you reach a land that you can be sent back. And that could be up to like months. Damn. Wow. And that's that's if when you die on the ship that they can recover you. Because on the flight deck, you don't got just like jets. You got uh, planes with propellers and shit. And there's been incidences of motherfuckers walking into a spinning propeller. And there's nothing but teeth on the flight deck, bones here, fingertips there, eyeball. Like, motherfuckers will have to clean you off the flight deck. You'll get sent home in a Ziploc bag, pretty much. Wow. That's that's a reality, man. Motherfuckers. So, like, they don't really care once you die then? Man, when I first got there, I had a homie that I was, you know, cool with at A school, which is where we do our training, man. And like two weeks in, uh, you know, it was it was about to be the weekend that Friday. I was planning on hanging out with him. You know, we were supposed to go out to eat, me and the boys, and catch up and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he winds up not being able to do that today. So like, you know, what, we're gonna do it on Saturday. Like, okay, bet. Saturday comes before we're supposed to go out. He's at the crib playing with a gun on Instagram, trying to be cool, yeah. and, and he blows his brains out live. Wow. Two weeks into actually being at the fleet, one of my homies blows his brains out. And, you know, like, you got to do it. Like, they're going to announce some shit like that on the intercoms. They're gonna, it's going to be addressed and all that. So it's not like you can't not think about it. And I told my higher-ups, like, hey, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be super productive today. They're like, you know what? 
I, you know, hate hearing this, but shit happens. You just gonna have to man up and keep on working. Even when people die, you know, take your time, take five minutes and then get back to it. When people die, they really don't give a fuck. They'll put on a little show to make their family happy. And then it's just back to back to usual. Motherfuckers next week. won't even remember the name. Well, that's oh, true, because, yeah. I mean, motherfuckers be getting other people, like, every 24-7. <laughs> yeah, shit, man. It's, the higher-ups really don't care. It's, like, it's a handful of them that do, but, you know, the majority, nah. It's worked up. And has anybody, like, fallen off the ship? Like, Yo, it's, it's, that shit happens all the time. Motherfuckers will be, and it's, like, sometimes it's accidental, but even mm-hmm. then... It's two circumstances I'm gonna describe to you that of why that shit would be horrible, regardless. But if if it's accidental, like let you fall in like a storm or some shit, though it's nighttime too. Nobody's about to see you. It's pitch black. Um, you get a little float coat that comes with some dye to dye the water with, and a little light that beeps when uh, water touches it. But like when the waves are fucking twenty feet tall, um, is raining sideways. And the ship is going, um, you know, a hundred some, hundred some knots, and the water's going the other direction. You're gonna be fucking gone before you can even think. Like you, you over. No one's finding you. And then, well, like, has that happened in that situation? Not while I was on the ship, but it happened just before when I was getting out of A school. They gathered us all to make an announcement. Who, who had just graduated A school from our barracks had fallen overboard on the ship. And they look for him for three days and they aren't able to find him. So he just drowned out to sea. Wow. Yeah. So and, once you fall, you're fucked. <laughs> That's it. And unless it's calm waters, it's fucking midday and the ship ain't going fast. You're good. You're, That's it. Wow. Every other, other, every other circumstances is not in your favor. And then like, you got to think too, you know, water temperature and shit. You know, you don't know if this person was already fucked up prior to as well. And that's if your life jacket is put together properly. Because it's not like, you know, you know how cars come with airbags. All that shit is made in the factory, tested, ready to go. Mm. No, it gets put together by motherfuckers on the ship. It gets like literally the person sleeping next to you put together your fucking thing. Or if you're lucky, you get to put together your own. But then even then, you got to trust that you put that bitch together right. Because if you fall over and you didn't put it together right, oh, you super fucked. Let that bitch not inflate. You're over with. You got like 30 seconds before you start inhaling water. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, man. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's not like there's some big border to stop you from falling over the rails or falling over the side of the flight deck. Nah, you just got to hope that you're not too close to the edge if the wind hits real strong. Wow. Nope. You better, better hope somebody out there too, because let nobody be out there. Man, you're gonna be watching the ship sail into the sunset. <laughs> For real. Ain't nobody about to hear you. <laughs> no. That's Especially with the up, waves bro. slapping towards yeah, the, towards ship, the ship. Like the ship, the ship is so big, bro. Like mm. hey Chino, you remember how how decent how decent sized Monroe was? Yeah. You got to stack two Monroes on top of each other to get the height of the ship. Shit, fuck it. Three, three of the schools on, on top of each other and at least nine of them lengthwise to get the height and the length. These bitches are fucking ginormous, man. So even if you fall and you screaming for help at the bottom of the ship, ain't nobody going to hear you from the bottom to the top. Because by the time... So you're saying that the height of three Monroes is, th- is that that's how high it is of the ship? 
roughly. Wow, that's pretty big then. Well, I mean, yeah, I figured. But yeah, yeah but you then, fall, man. You're not shouting for help. Ain't nobody going to hear you no matter how close or far you are. That's fucked up, bro. Yeah, and shit. Some majority of the times when people fall off the ship, the tragic truth is that shit wasn't an accident, man. Motherfuckers, like, be mentally going through it in the Navy. People kill themselves all the time. Like, if I had a dollar for every time someone even just jokingly said they wanted to kill themselves, man, I would be balling right now. Wait, so people have committed suicide during your time? Yeah, people people do that shit, man. It's, Navy has a high suicide rate. A lot of mental issues pop up. Because you got to think, like, motherfuckers be having depression, and then they're getting yelled at all fucking day, and then they're getting worked to death, and you fucking out to sea, so you can't contact your family, your loved ones. And then, in some cases, motherfuckers come back to shore, find out, you know, they was getting cheated on. Should I have one of my homies I was in boot camp with? Him and his girl was getting ready to get married and shit. We get out to, out to the ship. He comes back after we was out to sea. He come back. He found out his girl was uh, fucking some other dude a week before he left. And when he oh. came back, she was already with the other dude. And she just, oh, she was like, oh, yeah, no, we're broken up. So imagine mm. all that shit compounded on top of you just day in, day out. You don't get a break from it because, like, shit, you live on a ship when you're out to sea. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to get a break. That's and you don't got no privacy. Yeah, man, that shit, that shit wears people down. People off themselves often. That's deep, bro. Shit got dark real quick. Yeah, yeah damn, I mean, man. <laughs> but like, hey, bro, you 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 fucking pull through, bro, and that's what's up, yeah, man. And, yeah, and I just, you know, I have a strong will, but more importantly, I had a a good support. I was around good people. You know, it's one thing to rely on yourself, but when you have somebody back home helping you keep your head on straight, someone you love. And then also you got homies around you who'll chop it up with you and help you keep your head on straight. You know, you'd be decent. That's why you surround yourself with people who care about you. I'm assuming you, you wouldn't go back. Hell no. Nah. Uh, shit, man. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't if I wanted to. We, we'll get into that towards the end of it, but I couldn't if I wanted to. That's that's revolving around how I got out. Even like when I told you about this podcast and even asking you about mermaids, bro. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And and you and you you kind of teased me about it, bro. You kind of teased me a little bit, and and I was like, you know what? Just keep it all into the episode, bro. So we're finally here, bro. We're finally doing this episode. Come on, bro. Tell me about these mermaids, man. All right, I'm gonna give it to you how it told me, man. When we was in the docks, we was parked up next to submariners, people who had been out into deep into the Atlantic, over into Russian waters, Arctic waters. These motherfuckers, if there was an underwater on the East Coast and beyond, they've been to it. And they, their higher-ups, their officers, all of them swear up and down. They constantly like, yes, mermaids are real. You get to a certain depth in the Atlantic and shit. They do sonar scans. They get shit that comes back that doesn't recognize, like, you know, what most fish like is down there. And they don't have pictures because so, submarines don't get windows and shit like that but they would often say that these scans come back like as if person was in the water. Oh, no. Humanoid, like a humanoid shape, so we're in the water. You believe in mermaids based off? Often right here, here, you know, yeah. I take it with a grain of salt, but at the same time, there's so much in the ocean that we don't know that I can't say that it's not impossible. As, you know, because like humans, based on the way we've evolved, you know, we're adaptable. And, and once people get in a prolonged area, they start to change. So who's to say that there weren't a group of humans who 
been exposed to constant water to the point at which they started to change that way. Especially when you got people talking about they got humanoid figures coming up on their sonars. Way too deep for there to be any regular scuba divers or shit like that. Is that the only evidence that you know so far is that is just those type of radars? They they don't have any like soundproof or anything like the sonar is the uh the sound detection. The sound the sonar is what get reflects back and gives them the shape of what the sound just hit. They use the sound to hit everything around them within a certain radius. And then when that comes back, it creates kind of like a radar image of whatever the sound just hit. So they use the sound to see what their eyes can't. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. They're using it to paint a picture pretty much. Oh, like what's around them? Yeah. But like, I'm actually like asking, like, how about like audio recording? Like, I, like sound, you know? Like... Not that I'm aware of. Like, I personally can't say that I've sat there and heard audio of mermaids being played or anything like that. So I can't say uh, with 100% certainty, like, yeah, it's mermaids out there. But at the same time, it's these higher-ups saying that they got fucking sonar imaging of human foods toward very deep depths. How deep? Basically, the sun don't shine with how deep this is. People cannot dive past the point of which light is going into the ocean because the deeper you go the more pressure that builds around you and at a certain point the human body would implode if it goes too deep and where light is is way too deep for the human body to even get near so like with all this like from what you know think atlantis is real it's called the atlantic ocean for a reason and if they're talking about they're seeing mermaids on that side of the ocean. It's very possible, like, hey, there might have been a city that sank into the sea and people were forced to evolve over a period of time into something that we don't recognize as human anymore. You know, um, Christopher Columbus spoke about mermaids. I think he saw mermaids off the coast of Africa, which is kind of crazy. Shit, and same body of water, too. You guys <laughs> ever seen the mermaid show from Animal Planet? It was mm-hmm. like almost 10 years ago. No, I no. heard of it, but and I seen some clips of it, but I never really got to see full episodes of the full series. It, it was, it was pretty cool. But fortunately, I don't know what fucking group. I think it's called National Oce- Oceanic, some shit like that. They actually issued a statement telling people that they denied the existence of mermaids, which is kind of crazy. I believe in mermaids personally because mermaids have been spoken about through history for a long time. You know, I think what it really revolves around is like, we just don't have the technology to just get down there and see shit for ourselves. Like, we have the technology to get down there, but not the technology to support all the delicate instruments that would revolve around getting like some solid fucking evidence of like, hey, I Mm -hmm. saw that. And now we can spread it around that everybody saw that shit. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And that might be the reason that. 80%, 80%, well, I think it's more than 80% of the ocean has never been explored or yeah. even seen by humans, which is crazy, man. Yeah, we can't go down there. There's too much. Like, there's mm-hmm. volcanoes at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Like I already said, like, past a certain depth, humans can't go. Shit, past a certain depth, we don't even have a type of submarine that can go to the bottom. Like, like withstand that, that pressure. Yeah, that yeah. Won't, yeah, that can hold that pressure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Can you think about like what has to be living down there if a metal contraption can't go down there because it would just get balled up 
imagine the type of life that will be living down there that can withstand it. Yeah, but uh, Loki, going going back to what uh, Brandon said about uh, Columbus mm-hmm. and Africa, seeing mermaids. Uh, I was watching an episode on Joe Rogan uh, where they were actually talking about mermaids, but this was in Africa as well. I think I believe hmm. I hope I think it was right. I think it was in Africa, but it was in in a lagoon. And it was in a resort, like it was. It was in a famous, like an expensive resort in, mm. over there in Africa. And I think after a certain hour, uh, they tell the people like, "Don't go into the the water," which is of course the lagoon. Right. And uh, the guest was telling Rogan of his experience going there, and that he actually did go into the the water at night. And it was him and a buddy of his, and he said that they were drinking and all, but that like when um he got into the water, he like saw something like jump up, and he said right. that as he saw this thing jump up, that his hands were like across, like up, like, as as he was in midair, like his hands were like across fully r- vertical. And that from the bottom, it was like fish. And that once that things went back into the water, he just like completely dipped and went back. Shit, I would too. And then, <laughs> right. And then uh, he tells people, uh, he tells this person, I forgot what was his name. But I think, I think that was, I think, oh no, he tells the main guy of the resort, right? Mm-hmm. And, then the, and the guy is like, the guy acts, plays dumb. He's like, what do you mean? But then like, he's all like, you're not the first person that tells me that sees things over there. So it's like, you know what you saw, right. you know, but you won't admit it because people are going to say that you're kind of like crazy. stupid or crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, hey, especially when he's trying to bring it to public attention too, like higher up corporations and shit or just people who don't want to come out start sending shit against you to make it seem like you've been crazy all your life. I don't know if y'all seen this video. It was uploaded on TikTok. It's some dude like, you know how there's people out on sea too that be catching fishes? Mm-hmm. Um, he like recorded like screams from the ocean and he uploaded that shit the next day. I don't know if it was like a military branch or like the FBI, but they pulled up to his ship and they were like asking questions and stuff. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. Shit, I'm not surprised. He said it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> no like the, the screens were like kind of cool you know like shit you keep that same energy when you out there on the ocean by yourself and you hear <laughs> keep that same energy <laughs> i'll take my ass inside the shit it's fucking bedtime <laughs> man, crazy, but that's, man. It's, there's so much shit in the ocean man that we don't know and that's the crazy part because like motherfuckers remember motherfuckers used to say like the giant squid wasn't real and then next thing you know, a few years later, they, they catch that motherfucker because it was swimming close to the surface. <laughs> Some shit that motherfuckers ain't been saying was real for 100 years. Boom. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So, like, who knows what the fuck else is real? Like, uh, motherfuckers be talking about the crack and the squid that can swallow ships whole and shit. Who knows if that giant squid that we caught wasn't just, like, small on the terms of deep underwater scale. For all uh, we know, there could be big-ass squids out there chilling at the depths of the ocean that come up for a little snack from time to time. Right, like octopus, bro. Like, have you seen, like, octopus, like, go through, like, the tiniest fucking holes? Yeah, because they can change. They can change the shape of their bodies on the fly, yeah. you know? 
I think they said that we only discovered like only like 10% now of the ocean. Like, uh, yeah, we can't. What we the fuck is have... the rest? You know, like what's what's 90%? <laughs> right. What's that life look like? And, and it's yeah. mostly and it's mostly the deep, bro. That's mostly it's just the deep. Yep. I mean, high key, we might fuck around and kill it all before we even get to find out. Might drain the fucking ocean out. Dude, there's you know what the Marianas Trench is? No, no. It's the deepest trench in the world that we've been able to discover. It's deeper. Like if you put the Empire State Building on the bottom to the top, the Empire State Building won't come out, won't even breach out the ocean. Like this yeah. motherfucker is deep. And they were trying to see how far they could send a submarine down. Um, they're doing some exploration and they're getting they're almost to the bottom. And you know how sometimes they got those sub cams on. They're looking at the dirt around the area, and you see a plastic black bag float by. So, shit, you never know, man. We could kill everything down there before we even find out what it was. Yo, man, I do have another question for you, though. All right. Has your ship ever come across, like, the Devil's Triangle, so the Bermuda Triangle? Mm-mm, not my ship. Not your ship. Yeah, that was most fortunately. Or maybe fortunately. We don't know. <laughs> Imagine. Sheesh. Yo, Vince. Well, since we're talking about the Bermuda Triangle, what's your intake on that, bro? Man, the fact, first off, the fact that there's more than one around the world is what really sends me. Um, oh, oh there's means, more than one? Yeah, there's one. There's one by Japan, too. The whole aspect of it's like whole sectioned off areas of the ocean where you can expect mm-hmm. some crazy shit to happen is fucking crazy to me like i know for a fact that they would never pilot the navy ships through the bermuda triangle simply for the fact that they wouldn't risk whatever happened and happening oh damn i didn't know that which, shit. yes which shows that on a level they do acknowledge that something is going on over there i wish i had more info about it or maybe that we had even gone around it because shit i would if, if i could have seen some cool shit and then lived to tell the tale man i would appreciate that <laughs> i mean <laughs> Hey, at least you got to see some red things. Whatever that was, man. <laughs> Looking at thinking about it, I think I'm more scared of an ocean than like paranormal shit. Shit, the ocean has more paranormal shit than the land does. <laughs> <laughs> Low key, bro. I was looking at videos. Some say that the Birbina Triangle is like a gateway to like another dimension or a portal to another world. Some of the shit that disappears over there, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know, bro. Like, so more timers. <laughs> yeah, shit. The last time the Navy went, had a ship go through there, the motherfucker disappeared. That's fucked up. Wow. And what they get to say? Nothing about that? Nothing happened? No, I mean, it gets brought up on the History Channel every so often, but like... <laughs> <laughs> who watches it. Who watches the History Channel, though? <laughs> I, I right. used to. But no, huh? I don't know. Yeah, now it's boring, but when I used to, when I was growing up, man, I was like, oh, shit, they got everything on this motherfucker. Like, little do we know, like, they were just actually spitting out the facts. <laughs> right. They just all happen to look crazy as shit, especially uh, <laughs> Alien Boy. No, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're <laughs> talking about. Yeah. The buddy with the hair, he was crazy as shit, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be fucking surprised. Or just to find out, like, those parts of the oceans were just home to, like, deadly sea creatures that we just can't get a fucking a hold of because every time we go over there, something happens. Mermaids are scary as fuck, you know, think about it. Shit, yeah. Most of the creatures that live down in the ocean are either bottom feeders or carnivores. I know you got us one more story here. 
Yeah. On how shit went down. Yep, man. So this kind of touches on what I was talking about earlier on how motherfuckers having connections is how you get through the Navy, right? That can go both ways. And um, like you, I know you like you've seen movies that cliche where it's somebody who in the higher ups abuses their power for whatever reason. That's pretty much how I wound up getting out through a series of events that wouldn't have happened otherwise unless it was like orchestrated to cover somebody else. But so it basically happened, right? When you're in the Navy, they drug test you when you're signed in, when you're checked into security. And if you're not checked into security, you know, it's somebody over you, but you're not getting drug tested, right? So I wasn't checked into security and we had spent three weeks out to sea, right? So not checking security, then out the blue, they're like, hey, you got a piss test. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Strange or what it is, what it is. Go down there, do what I do. Um, Come back. And then like a few weeks later, they're like, hey, yo, yeah, uh, they need you down to security, man. They said you, you got in trouble or some shit. I was like, fuck. I go down there. They're like, uh, yeah. So it turns out you had oxycodone in your system. How do you bleed? Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? How? You know, like you, first off, if you get hurt on the ship, like they give you drugs, right? But they don't carry that on the ship. And we were out to sea for what had already been three weeks. So if it had popped up from what I eventually learned, because they told me how long it's supposed to stay in your system, from from what I learned is I would have had to take that shit while we were out to sea, which doesn't add up at all. Especially because shit, I don't pop pills, motherfucker. I just smoke. <laughs> like I would keep it real. If I had popped for weed, I would have been like shit, you know. I may not remember it, but that's plausible. But for fucking oxy for basically crack, hell no. No. So you know, I fought that shit. They had no real evidence against me, right? Because what you're supposed to do when you get when you pop for a piss test, they're supposed to retest you within that same week to make sure, you know, if you actually did do it, you got two samples from the same time period saying that, yeah, you had that in your system. I never got retested. They never called me down to retest me. After the whole incident, they they left me basically on red. You know, I didn't get any contact. To the point of which I was like, okay, you know, they probably dropped the shit. They probably was like, you know, we don't got enough evidence. This doesn't make sense. Drop the case. <clears throat> but what the, it turns out they was doing was they were letting the stature of limitations expire on my ability to get a second retest. So that means that after a certain period of time, you know, I just can't get that retest regardless. And the next I heard about it, they're like, all right get in your dress whites, which is basically your uniform for when you're in trouble, your little white sailor uniform with all the, the, the stuff on it. And you got a basically like a non-judicial trial. I get in there and they're all like, they don't have any evidence, but they're trying to be like, you know what? If you just admit to this, we can help you. If you are a struggling addict, we can help you. I was like, what the f-? no, I didn't do it. And then they start coming up with hypothetical stories and asking me to be like, just admit to this one. So basically coming up with lies and being like, admit to this, admit to this. And I fight it all the way up till I get to the captain of the fucking ship. Like I was face to face with the captain going back and forth about how I didn't do this shit. Cause I wasn't gonna let them sit there come up with a story about me. And it boils down to the captain being like, okay, 
Well, if you don't have any sort of conscious way that you could have done this and there's nobody who can say that they saw you do this, how do you think it got in your system? I was like, I don't know, sir, but it's not possible that I could have done it. He's like, okay, so it sounds like somebody drug you. You know who would want to drug you? Basically asking me to like throw somebody under the bus to save my own ass. And, you know, I didn't know anybody who wanted to drug me. So he was like, all right, well, we're going to have to give you other than honorable discharge and kick you out. And I was out in the week. Oh, that's fucked up, bro. I believe that they would just do all that shit. I would believe that they would do all that shit. Dude, and the way it was set up, like I told them when I went to legal, to the legal offices, I was like, I want a court martial so I can have a trial with jurors and witnesses. Because I had people with me who would have, like, I was with somebody at all periods of time throughout that point in time. So if someone has seen me, if I had done it, someone would have seen me do it. Or someone would have been like, hey, yo, he wasn't acting right at work, right? Mm-hmm. But they went, when I told them to do that, they're like, oh, yeah, nope, can't do it because they forced me to do it out to sea. You can only do court martial when you're on land. So it's like they lined it up perfectly to have it so I couldn't fight back. And then even when they let me go, because I, they couldn't have any evidence against me, they let me go with other than honorable. But it turns into a, a, um honorable discharge. Actually, it's already honorable discharge now because I haven't done anything wrong. So they basically let me go because they couldn't prove nothing. Oh, damn. You said it earlier, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't because of the reason of what I've been accused of, which is doing drugs while being under a federal contract, even if that may not be the case, because that's what it's accusing me of. I can't ever have a federal job again. I can't I can't I can't even go do postal work if I want. If I wanted to go do mail, couldn't do it. They completely fucked you over, bro. I mean, shit, I didn't want to go work for the government again anyway, honestly. But if I wanted to, then they would fuck, fuck the government either way, bro. What they done exactly. to us, <laughs> nothing. Exactly. They completely covered it up. They just did the yeah. dirty work while you thought that they were, they were doing what they were supposed to. Yep. And uh, it really felt like the whole time. And the thing, like, like you is, said, bro, it was perfect timing with the way. That, yeah, with the trial. I yeah. felt like they were trying to cover for somebody else's tracks because it's like, there's no way I randomly, even when I wasn't supposed to ever get signed up for it, randomly got piss tested. And then all the stuff that's supposed to happen didn't happen. They did that with a lot of things, guys. They woke. <laughs> yep. Turn the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> less drama, but somebody's going to be shooting at you. <laughs> less drama, less water. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you got to pick your trade-offs. So after, you know, all this bullshit that, that you've been through, bro, after serving and stuff, came back and like from the last time that we hanging out, you're working at a Delta 8 and CVD Dispo, bro. So yep. how is that, bro? You're kind of lucky, bro. I've been wanting to get into a Dispo. It's fucking great, man. I'll tell you what, ain't nothing like a 50% off employee discount on everything. <laughs> ain't nothing like it. <laughs> And for like the people that are listening, maybe some don't know the difference between Delta 8 and, you know, the weed that we technically smoke. Yeah. You know, what is the difference between Delta 8 and, you know, regular, I guess, bud? So what everybody calls regular bud is uh, just labeled Delta 9. Uh, Delta 8, the best way to describe it is it's weed without the paranoia and anxiety. Like you get high. But it's like, instead of being a passenger along for the ride, you're in a driver's seat. 
is no sudden turns and how you gonna feel or like how you're reacting to the uh, the situation. You're not gonna suddenly get anxious or none of that. You in the front seat, you're in control of everything. You know, you don't have any of those negative side effects that does bother some people when they smoke. I actually have smoked Delta A with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I smoked uh, Vince's Dispo stuff. Pretty the good. Blue Dream. Yeah, Blue Dream, Yo, pretty good. Blue Dream, favorite strain. Yeah. Yep, we got it. Fifty dollars for seven grams over there. No way. Yep, which twenty five dollars for me because that's employee discount right there. <laughs> Yo, but Blue Dream, then it gives you some crazy ass dry mouth though. Shit, man, <laughs> I get cotton mouth left and right. It's ridiculous. I tell you what, I stay hydrated as shit though. That's good. I'm always, that's good. I'm always, I'm always drinking water because my mouth is always dry. Hell yeah, relatable. <laughs> <laughs> relatable dry mouth, bro. I fucking hate it, bro. <laughs> It sucks ass. You just sitting there, your mouth like a desert. You're like, fuck. Yeah, you just there like, yeah. Right? <laughs> oh fuck. Here we go again. <laughs> oh god. The Disboy here is is in Chicago. Yeah, yeah actually, we got a, a few locations in Chicago, and we just opened up one uh like two weeks ago too. Oh shit! I can't wait to go back to Chicago. Yeah, I got some nice shit, man. Some of them have mine doesn't have glassware. Some of them have glassware though, and like I said, the shit is. The butt there is decent. Chino could attest to that. Our carts, those those are another level. Uh, most carts usually have like that golden or they've got like that golden color to them. Or sometimes like they're a little runny, the bubble moves around. But the carts that they sell over there at my dispo are super like lab tested and everything. And they're clear like water. Like, you can I'm see serious. through, but if you turn it upside down and you leave it there for 30 minutes, that bubble might have might have moved halfway through the cartridge, not even to the other end. So they got some pretty potent stuff. I'm going to check it out when I go back to Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah, but we got to try that. It's, it's a different experience from the Delta 9, as Vince was saying. Um, mm-hmm. It's more of a body high. Um but like it's just different. I don't know, bro. You just, you guys, you just gotta try it out. I mean, it's different high. It's totally different. But you just know that you're you're high though at, at the same yes, time. Definitely. I mean, my eyes turn blood red. So shit, that's one way I know I'm high. <laughs> yeah, bro. Your fucking eyes get red. <laughs> red as the devil's balls. <laughs> this dude. <laughs> Bro, no, no, for real, bro. They really do bro. get like super fucking red. Yeah, bro. Like in high school, bro. Like when we would link up, bro. Like his eyes were getting stupid red. They still do. <laughs> <laughs> Got fucking traffic lights for eyes, man. I'm telling you, I'd be hitting the red lights every time I spoke. And how is that? How how is it working with it though? Like working with it is nice because it's like I kind of. I get to understand it more and I also get to understand how it interacts with the body more. But much more than that, you know, it gives me the opportunity to help people like because I understand all the different cannabinoids and how each of them interacts with the body differently. When people come in and they, you know, they're recovering for chemo or they've got torn muscles or broken bones and shit, you know, I help get what's best for them in terms of how I can use cannabinoids to help them be it with sleep pain relief or a combination of both because they're fucking in so much pain they can't sleep 
or even like they need sleep pain relief and they want to get high because you know shit man they don't like wrong getting high when you hurt so it just really helps to understand how i can better help people and also shit how i can better help myself should i ever find myself in these situations I totally agree on that, bro. Since, like, you're saying, like, you know, all this knowledge you're getting from working with Delta 8 and stuff, like, Mm -hmm. for someone to smoke, like, every day and all, like, is that bad then from, like, what you know so far? Like, do you you think smoking weed every day is bad? I mean, outside of, you know, what most people already generalize in terms of your lungs, you actually have another system in your body called the endocannabinoid system which helps regulate the functions of your body, right? And so, obviously, you understand when I say endocannabinoid, that means the cannabinoid system inside you. And when you smoke, you can start to overload that system and cause it to lose the amount of receptors it has. And these receptors play an important role in your ability to fight off infections, your motor ability your skin's health it plays a lot of background roles in your life that you don't think about and so when you start to overload it it removes these receptors and it makes it less likely to function how it's supposed to and could have in turn like you're gonna find yourself getting sick more often or shit you might even start to have like your skin might not be as healthy or some shit, but it's going to affect you in one way or another. And it's good to take breaks just to allow your system to recover so that you're not just, you know, constantly blasting it all the time. Plus, yeah. you know, once you start smoking, you build that tolerance too. But like in general, do you know like how long it takes for like your system to get back to normal with the cannabinoids? Um. I say like roughly two and a half weeks. If you like, I'm not saying you know, go completely cold turkey, mm-hmm. but maybe just like do some CBD stuff, like light CBD stuff, let your system recover. But because you know you do have less receptors, having a little bit added will help. It's like everything in everything in portions. You know what I'm saying? You can't have too much food. You can't have too much water. You can't have too much weed. Facts. Some, yeah, some here and there. <laughs> When you're doing a, when you're recovering, some here and there is good, but you can't just, you know, toke like a chimney all the time. Well, like, I don't know, bro. Sometimes life just could be giving you reasons to just stay high. Gina's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, no, fuck, man. No, but for real, like, um, I understand what, what, what you're trying to say, bro, and I agree. Mm. Like, sometimes we do need breaks because, like, sometimes, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you be getting headaches while you smoke or while you're high. And mm-hmm. that's like a sense of like, okay, like calm it down. Like chill. Chill, my guy. Yeah, right. chill, right? Like, take it easy. But like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, I guess that high makes you feel better. Makes you feel something. De-stressed. You know, you don't have all the anxieties and worries that you were carrying all day. Yeah, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess it makes you a better person. <laughs> um, you know what? No, nah, weed, doesn't, weed doesn't make you a better or worse person. It kind of just brings out what was already there. And this makes you a little stupid. <laughs> it, makes you a little, it brings out what's already there and makes you a little stupid. Um, brings out all the stupidity that was butter up in there. Yeah, because I'm not going to lie, I've definitely said some incoherent sentences while I was high that I had to be like, wait, what the fuck did I just say? 
Everybody's just looking at you like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah, like, you yeah. <laughs> good, bro. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, bro, like, especially like in tough times, like some people just depend on it and it's not yep. that it's not good to really depend on it because we're stronger than that, of course. But like, right. and I, I know what you mean, because some people, you know, they fall into it and they use it as a crutch because, you know, hey, when you smoke that shit, you feel better. You don't have to worry about the constant uh, impending unfortunate of whatever is about to happen to you. But at the same time you do have to take that break, not just for the sake of like letting your system heal and all that, but also getting your brain back accustomed to like dealing with shit independent of uh, something to help you. Cause you know, like even if you are able to afford it constantly, you never know what sort of situation that might arise where like you just can't, you can't get weed no more. You know, you don't know what situation will cause that. And it don't hurt to be just a little mentally prepared for something like that in terms of like being able to just not use it for a second. Have you ever gotten cold turkey? And any, any of you guys? Yeah, yes. bro. What I want to do. I mean, I joined. <laughs> I, I joined the military. <laughs> but like, but like, <laughs> I mean, like before, like doing before your things, like, like would you guys ever calm yourselves? Like calm your tolerance? Like calm it down on the smoking? Nah, I'm not gonna nah, lie. I'm sit here nah. and say that I did that shit. <laughs> nah, so you would just puff, puff every day. When I had it, yeah, he's yeah. a puffing every day. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. The most that I've gotten, like before, like I was going to jail during time, mm-hmm. was like two or three days without going. Two or two, two or three days without weed. That's about it. And how and was that? Like I was like mad all the time and shit. So, so here's another question for right here for everybody is weed addictive weed isn't something you can get addicted to but it is something you can come to depend on and that's two different things so you so so weed is not addictive is that is that like a fact or is that what people say and some people like disagree i mean facts are something that people say and other people's disagree on let's be honest but yeah it is it's a fact like you cannot become addicted to weed just because weed doesn't interact with the human nervous system and the endocannabinoid system in a way that would form an addiction in the same way like an opioid does right yeah. but a dependency on it is what you see happen a lot of people where they use weed to solve their every problem they're not addicted to it but they've been smoking it when they get uh, when something happens to the point at which their brain is just accustomed to, oh, I'm stressed. Okay, well, um, let me go find some fucking weed. It doesn't need it. If it doesn't find the weed, you know, you're going to be upset a little bit, but it's not like you're going to have the shakes and sweats and shit. Right. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, you can be dependent on it, but not addicted to it. Yeah. When I run out, I'm be like, fuck, man. But then. It's like if I don't if I don't have it, I don't have it. But you know, it's like I gotta yeah. wait. I gotta wait till payday. Exactly. You feel like we could don't get you. But also like make you lose responsibility. Like if you're just there, like oh, I just want to get high as fuck, and you just fucking lose, you know, lose your responsibilities. You know, what I I'm feel saying? like I feel like that's also uh, subjective. It depends on like mm-hmm. it depends on two things: who it is and how high you get. Because sometimes, like, when I'm at work and we get a delivery, 
I'll smoke a little bit and then I'm gonna throw myself into the packaging list of marking all that shit. Cause sometimes when I'm light, when I'm lightly high, it becomes easier to focus. But right. when I get stupid high, there's no work getting done. That's true. That's true. I, I low key see it as uh like our cup of like wine or our or our bottle of beer mm-hmm. of the at the end of the day, you know? Yep. Something you know how- on I don't know how y'all could work hard, bro. I used to trip balls working hard. <laughs> so I say you got to do it. You got to smoke lightly. You can't be getting super mm-hmm. high, but you get a little something. So true, bro. I used to get yeah. I used to get high during work too before. <laughs> I mean, but like also, I work at a dispensary, so it kind of someone's coming in and expecting me to be high. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not like me that I fucking work at a restaurant, bro. High as fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to make like, cocktails is, and shit. This is one of the few jobs where it's, like, acceptable because, you know, I, sh- I sell weed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would be weird. You're, you're the legal drug dealer, bro. <laughs> Yo, high key, though. Yeah. Must be nice. Yo, it it's is. Dream, bro. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> All right, my boy. So as we're kind of going towards uh, closing into this episode, how can we like as a podcast get involved with working with Delta 8? You know, how can we like get sponsorships? What I would suggest is reaching out, like reaching out to companies to just get that communication going before you even reach out to a company and asking to get sponsored, like, you know, talk to some of the employees first, find out like what is really like in a company. Cause when you call the company, you know, they're going, they don't tell you what you want to hear. But when you call somebody who's working for me, you know, they make a minimum wage. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck, they don't tell you how it really is. You know, and if it's good, you'll, you'll hear it. If it's not, you'll hear it. So do your, do your homework first and then reach out, you know, cause as a podcast, you know, that's a good way to get sponsored, especially with having marijuana influence in the name. It'll get you looked at and you can use it as a form of you can advertise for a company to get sponsored for them, like have them send you products and then you get discount codes or shit like that. Right. Yeah, of course. So that would definitely be a good way, but definitely just pick and choose who you look at because you never know who might look good on the inside but then when you finally get with them they'll try to like fuck you over or they'll have some bad shit you know going on another question off that because i know mostly now there's like companies that are just online based where there's no stores there's it's just really everything online and sometimes mm-hmm. you know there there is scammers sometimes it's legit like how can you tell like if, if they're like legit or not you know you want to find find a company that has physical locations that's without a shadow of a doubt you know, they can't, one, they can't be fake at that point. But two, find um, find a company where you can do, like, like look that shit up on Google straight up and go to the reviews, you know, see. Because you won't, you, like, some scam shit, they won't have a physical location for reviews. So find something that has, without a shadow of doubt, like, this is a legitimate operation. There are people who independently come in here without one way or the other being like, I like it or I don't like it. And then they have something to say about it. And they're not related to the company whatsoever. That's like the unfiltered, honest opinion of what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. We appreciate that information. We appreciate you. And before we even just close this episode, um, Mm -hmm. just like always, what's your intake on our favorite plant? 
marijuana. My intake, like how much I'm smoking or how I feel. Well, <laughs> 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 how you feel, my guy? I mean, like, like after coming from the Navy, like, has it changed your way of thinking on weed? Like, like you know, like, what, what's your intake, bro? <laughs> Man, coming out of the Navy, one, you know, I already had a different mindset on me, but I feel like knowing what I know about weed, and seeing how like shit like like how the military acts to it it's just like they don't realize you know weed could help a lot of people in there we could weed could prevent a lot of deaths in the navy in terms of like suicide and mental illness because there are people in the navy who are stressed out all day and all they got is fucking dead cigars cigarettes and shit smoking their lungs out still stressed the fuck out they don't even got vapes vapes are illegal on a ship you get caught a vape you going that's you and deep shit. So motherfuckers just any way they can get it, you know, and it never helps them either. So I think like shit like that and situation like that, motherfuckers can use like a CBD cigarette or an edible or shit, you know, if it's off, motherfucker, if I can get drunk in my off time in the military, why can't I fucking smoke weed in my off time, you know? It'll probably even be more safer and shit. Exactly. Motherfuckers get into so many drunk uh, driving accidents in the Navy all the time. And you hear about it on the ship, too. So it's like, you know, you give people a different outlet for the shit they're going through. You get a much positive, much more positive reaction. You think people should at least try at least once? Everybody should try it at least once just to see how it affects it. Like learn, like, does this actually help me? Or, you know, hey, not everybody is somebody who can handle it. Not everybody can. And some people, they get that anxiety. But you never know unless you try it. It's not like it'll kill you. Shit. You know, cough a little bit, but you'll be all right. Well, I mean, I think that's it, man. Again, we appreciate you taking taking some of your time. Mm-hmm. And I know we, we've been planning this since summer of 2021. Mm-hmm. And just till now, bro. But again, thank you. And it's been yeah, an honor. Pleasure, bro. Yeah, it's a real pleasure and honor of, of having you here. And I truly respect you serving the time. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. I definitely felt like I was doing time when I was in. Appreciate you, man, showing up here. It was nice meeting you, man. I'm going to be seeing you a lot <laughs> when I go back to Chicago. Assuming that at the dispensary. All right, bet. I'll be keeping an eye out for you, bro. <laughs> They're going to be like, damn, is that Blue Dream guy again? <laughs> <laughs> Funny, that's actually how they be, too. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, my boy, you know, hopefully we get to see each other again soon. Hell yeah. All right, my boy. All right, guys. Well, that was it. This is third episode out of four. So can't wait to do the last episode straight four. Four nights in a row, bro. One more. Don't forget. Stop OD, smoke OG. Yeah, don't forget, guys. Hashtag that shit. Stop OD, smoke OG. (laughs) All right, have a good night.